0: Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Way, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from the Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farin, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Way wherever you get your podcasts. Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode um, that was a request from a couple different people, um, some of which requested this a long time ago, so hopefully it's still helpful. <laughs> um, but this is about degrading yourself for someone you don't even love um, in a relationship or maybe in a breakup. So for anyone that's putting themselves in completely desperate Positions, clinging to a person, even when you know it isn't right for you. And maybe you're experiencing that gush of fear and loneliness and the pain that overwhelms you and causes you to feel like you'd do anything to get someone back. And that makes you also feel like a loser. So, this is an episode for you if you have a fixation on an ex and a pervasive habit of fixating on relationships in general. So, maybe you get stuck obsessing about somebody outside of you, and that becomes like your sole focus in life. And often that relationship is one we know isn't right for us, but we still obsess and pine after that person, placing ourselves in desperate and compromised positions. So, with that, there are three parts the what, the why, and the how, the tools. Part one the what. Obsessing and feeling completely overwhelmed by the need to get back together with an ex. Uh, even when you were not super stoked while you were in the relationship or maybe you're feeling just overcome by the pain of being single which if you're listening to this during quarantine it's like that exacerbates the difficulty of this in your life because you can't necessarily distract yourself and go be social with friends so maybe you're just stuck on social media attempting not to check their profile again or attempting not to text them again but the temptation is ever present and inescapable And maybe in general in life, you feel devastated when a relationship doesn't work out, but only when it's not in your control. Like when it's not in your control, it feels like it might kill you. Um, It's like that level of fear and terror. And maybe you are someone who always needs to be kind of in pursuit or in progress of a relationship. Like whether that's, you know, you need to be dating someone or you need to be, um, almost dating someone, and maybe you're never happy when you are not in a relationship because you feel incomplete or just bored or just not super interested in anything in life. And that means as soon as you do have someone you're interested in, everything else in your life goes out the window, like your friends, your family, your passions, your interests. It all becomes secondary, not not at all what you care about. And maybe when you are in that relationship you feel the closest thing to happy and at peace or or normal. However, you happen to choose relationships that are kind of meh. Like you don't really know if you are in love with that person because you could take it or leave it. Like it's not ideal. And all you have are really complaints about the relationship or that person. Like you consciously know they're not your equal but you also can't imagine voluntarily choosing not to be with them because that just seems, well, like, impossible. So you end up in a kind of chronic, you know, commitments, and that's just fine. It's okay. But it's not like love. You're just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's this thing. It's fine. Which brings me to part two, the why. Why? All of us with our unconscious beliefs set up a pattern and live that pattern. So when we see, you know, certain predictable things occurring in our lives, like loops, it's often the only evidence we have to really spot our unconscious beliefs at work in our lives. Like we can map what we believe to be true deep down, um, that we are not consciously aware we believe, by looking at what happens in our life repeatedly. Uh, I'll elaborate. If you believe that you are truly a catch to be coveted and that love and relationships are uh, possible and a gem in life and that finding a healthy, respectful partner is something that can happen for you, then your life will show a pattern of you shopping for people based on that belief. And you will have um, boundaries. You will have a clear description in your mind of what you're looking for and that will not feel like it's impossible you know it won't feel unrealistic you'll be clear-headed in your approach to dating and also clear about what you tolerate and what you don't tolerate and that example is not you know I'm not choosing that as something that's the opposite of you it's just an example a hyperbolic example so I set up this example as a way for you to think about what your possible unconscious beliefs are Are as shown to you by your personal patterns. So just take a glimpse at your love life and ask yourself, like, what are the patterns? And take a mental note, like, what types of people do I tend to choose? What types of relationships do I tend to repeat? And if there are no common threads, then I would say, you know, maybe that means you're just collecting your lessons and that you just have to keep moving through. Experiences, You know, the main thing to look out for, I think, is just that we don't repeat the same mistakes twice. But my point is, many of us have an unconscious belief um, that we're unaware of in scarcity or lack. Like, we live out values and expectations of the world that there's not enough XYZ or that we are not enough. Like, that we have to try really hard to earn love, that we will not be able to find someone to love us... Or we have an internal sense of fear and clinginess versus one of trust and, you know, abundance, of wholeness, of comfort and confidence, of I am enough and I get to select what I want based on my truth. So where do we get that lack belief system? Early formative experiences as well as often current cultural experiences. I just want to call it out because when it comes to um, our belief systems, when we make them conscious, then we can actually deliberately change them. We can alter them accordingly. In addition to that, when we have a habit of focusing on something outside of ourselves as a source of happiness and comfort, like if if we need a relationship to feel whole and just safe and satiated, it often stems from a place of just it's a self-soothing habit that we developed along the, the line. Like there's an origin to this habit that has roots in a feeling of pain around who we are. And just painful feelings of lack or insecurity or fear or loneliness. And I would say a lot of people who suffer in this way self-soothe, you know. Um, they self-soothe soothe with things like drugs or food or... Uh, they create an alternate, you know, set of terms that they can control for this pain. So, for example, you might develop a fixation on your looks. It might be that, like, getting attention for your physical body becomes the way you feel okay about yourself. And that attention is, it's like a placebo, you know, or not a placebo. It's like a, a painkiller for a short amount of time. It's fleeting and temporary. Because it never fully quenches the void. Um, and then, you know, an, another set of people, they quench this feeling by focusing on somebody else. I'm talking about codependency. And that becomes like an all consuming project. Like the project brings with it a whole new set of habits and rules and measures for what it means to be I am good and I'm happy and I'm safe and I'm okay. So relationships can become like one of these little, you know, projects, like these little drugs, these pain relievers. Um, and we, just, we can live inside them and feel safe and okay and satiated, just similar to like an opium den, you know? They abate the emptiness because we're all consumed by it. However, it doesn't mean that that's good for us holistically. It doesn't mean that these are good relationships that they fit our personalities, or they make us happy truly, it also doesn't have anything to do with love necessarily, because the value really comes down to just simple relief from pain. It's a pain reliever. We finally have relief from the gnawing, ominous pain. So if that sounds like you at all, you also might notice a trend in your life in just the people you choose for mates. Like, you might notice you choose them because it's easy or it's safe. Like, maybe, for example, you know, it's just far enough away. It's distant enough. It's not like, you know, somebody that's like, I want to get married today. They're not your ideal. They're, maybe they're a challenge. Or maybe they're just on your path. They cross your path and they're like, they give you complete, utter adoration. So whether or not, you know, you choose them because it's easy or you choose them because they're far away, um, the common thread here is the people are not chosen based on like that is my perfect match. I admire the shit out of that person. The common thread is, you know, they are, these people allow you to feel safe and in control and it also means that you are never fully, um, in it yet. You know, because you chose them for other reasons. It's not because you chose the person who is perfect for you. So, when we need something outside of us to feel good and happy, it's usually because of that hidden belief that we're not good enough. Like, we have a hidden belief that we need a lot of fixing in order to be worthy and ready to seek out somebody we admire. Um, and where you got those particular beliefs has to do with um, someone in your life making their love for you feel like it was conditional. Or perhaps literally telling you with words or actions that you were not worth loving uh, unconditionally. And we also learn how to be a partner and what to expect from partners based on the examples shown to us in our formative years like how we witness love and trust and commitment via our caregivers is also what we expect unconsciously in our adult lives so it's almost like a built-in assumption unless we deliberately make it conscious and then we act against the grain of that belief and which when we do it you know can untrain it it just makes us very uncomfortable and scared and feels foreign and you know not organic so in short, if you are experiencing all these types of things, relationships are likely the pain relief drug that makes old pain of low self-worth, fear, loneliness, and insecurity abate. And that means as soon as the relationship goes away, those feelings that exist, whether we know they're there or not, all come flooding back to us. And depending on your, your personal baggage, that can be extremely overwhelming and cause a ton of suffering. We also store, you know, losses in the same part of the brain with past losses. So when you feel the threat of loss, you are also feeling the threat of all past losses of love. So it can be extremely overwhelming. And I would say also the power of your feelings are are the same that you stored in your body from childhood. So you get kind of an inkling of when these memories are from because of how potent your feelings are. Like children's emotions are blunt and powerful because they're feelings of powerlessness. They're very life threatening. They feel life threatening. So, in some, when you abuse this drug, this relationship slash adoration drug, your brain gets conditioned to thinking that this is the thing that will make you feel better in all cases. Like your brain ascribes all the importance, all the power to the drug and the drug's terms. So to use the analogy of like uh weight. If weight is your obsession, like if I'm a hundred pounds, I am okay. That becomes your like obsession in life, hitting that number. And when you don't hit that number, then everything's fallen to shit. You know, like my life is terrible, but if you do hit that number, I'm doing okay. Everything's okay in my life, but that's all a ruse. So it's the same type of fixation. Um, only yours revolves around a relationship. Even if that's with someone, you know, you didn't want to be with, And you weren't happy when you were in the relationship. So what needs to happen to stop this loop, to stop this kind of reliance, is you need to kick the drug and fill the void with love from yourself. And that might sound like completely impossible, but the process can be done. I did it myself about seven years ago. It takes practicing a new routine, like a new set of actions, um like your life depends on it uh, the set of actions being self, those of a self-loving, self-coveting individual and I'm going to try and offer you some, a starter pack of tools for this in particular but as a step before that, I think a key to this process is being able to discern the difference between your cravings f- and your drug habit and you sober meaning your true self your wisest self And knowing that there's even a difference at all. Because it's like these things are so overwhelming, so powerful. I think we lose track of like, what do I actually want? Because I feel like a, a crazy person. I feel like I'm saying opposite things. And what I thought I wanted one second is not at all what I want the next second. So a lot of the time when we are, when that happens to us, we are, it's because we are reacting to processes that happen inside of ourselves. And that means we don't have autonomy. We don't have power over our lives. We are simply running away from the source of the pain and we're doing anything to stop it. And when you're doing anything to stop pain, we really don't have any power. We don't have any control over guiding our lives because it's really just, we're just trying to avoid intense suffering. So I would say these are some tools to approach the situation with that in mind. Like allowing you to have some, or the goal being, for you to have some version of autonomy. I also recommend therapy for the super overwhelming kind of pain. Because it's often too much for us to handle. Because when when we're in that void zone, we're, so, we're in so much suffering. And I feel like those are the times when you really need a guide to hold your hand and help you bear it, you know? So the goal here, the outcome goal here is to be a cons- you know, consistent, uh, individual, meaning your inside understanding of yourself matches your actions on the outside to be able to be completely aware of what you want and to be able to act according to what you want. Like when you know, all of you, you can align, behind your your truth. It's like things get super simple. There are no longer parts of you that act against yourself or things that don't line up in what you want, and what you have in your life. And that's such a simple aspiration. But isn't that beautiful? You know, just to be able to like, say what you want, and then be able to act on that. And in order to do that, what we have we have to become aware of all of our unconscious motives and habits. And that is a big part of why I encourage you to work with a therapist. It's like just to get into, what am I not seeing about myself? Like, what am I not seeing? My actions are showing it, but what am I? What beliefs am I not aware of? It's, sometimes it's hard to like kind of crack those open. So with that, the, this is a couple of, I would call, yeah, the starter tools. Part three, the how. So right now you are deliberately building up your patience muscles inside and I know it's hard to be alone or home and single, especially if you've been self-soothing by like hunting nonstop. So just think of this as a workout. Basically witness the burn of it and know that you are building new muscles. So think of yourself as like empowered and active in this process versus a victim to it. Because being active in doing something is a way for you to actually suffer less. And it'll help you move through this time a little bit more intact, even if it's still painful. Alright, with that, here's the first tool. It's called Happy Face, Sad Face. And I'm describing kind of like the drama masks. Um, But internally. So this is about recognizing the split. Um, and I would say this is a helpful step to take to understand whether or not you, quote, get working on yourself. Like, I don't know if for you, um, if you can discern in your mind the thoughts that happen to you, like uh, almost like a gnats, like an impulse, or the ones that are kind of just wisdom innate knowledge, like if you can discern the difference between you and kind of like the chatter hopefully you can but if not, I would invite you to check out Daniel Siegel's Mindsight, it's a book called Mindsight Um, I'll put some links in the show notes, there's also another great book that's all about this a a listener recommended it's called um, The Untethered Soul, it's very much just about the voice in your head and being able to separate that between yourself and anyway so here's what I want to tell you about the split the happy face and sad face there is a self who is suffering who is the person who's driven to act in a certain way and then there is the wise self the one who is witnessing what is happening and can see oh that doesn't sit right with me like that doesn't align with my values that's not what I want for myself that's the happy face So I want you to start to identify with the wise self. That is the self we are attempting to align with. And I feel like when so much is half buried, like in us, and, you know, we have these unconscious beliefs, we get confused between the two. So it's hard to know where you, quote, lie, you know. And it's hard to know exactly what you want for yourself. So I think starting to really recognize the divide is a key first step because there's the true self, the self that wants relief, that doesn't want to degrade your integrity, the one that wants to be loved, who wants to be treated well, that wants to know the truth and, you know, acknowledge the truth of the relationship and follow what needs to be done. But then there's also the stuff happening to that self. There's the obsession, the grasping, the shock, the loss, the hurt, the the person who suffers and doesn't know what to do about that suffering. So I invite you to journal on this topic in particular and just kinda get to know what does my wise self want? What do I know to be true? And what does my sad face like what does my suffering side say? What do those thoughts sound like? What are the what is the voice it uses? What are the types of impulses that come up? And just like start to create a line between those those two selves. All right, next tool is called what I said. And that is kind of my way of labeling um, you being able to align yourself behind what your truest wants are by just practicing backing yourself up. Um, And I would say that is helpful just because a lot of the time if you have issues like this you have also got issues in drawing healthy boundaries Um, and so that's just something you might have an issue with so by drawing healthy boundaries I mean like not forcing yourself to do things or not saying it's okay when it's not okay like I think a lot of the time we have a problem with pushing ourselves into doing things or tolerating things or accepting less than and so, by the title of this, I I want you to start to listen to you, you know? Like, yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do what I actually uh, feel. So the next time you don't want to do something, don't do it. Listen to that inner voice and respect it. Just notice. Just notice the next time you find you're making yourself do something... Or um, not acknowledging when something bugs you. And just start baby steps. Just to start with baby steps. Do something despite um, maybe it causing a little bit of discomfort. Just align. Get behind you. Align behind yourself. Like, speak up for you. And that is just a pattern you can develop that will help you build... um, a stronger bond with yourself a stronger sense of self-love in a very powerful way it's small but it does a lot it makes you feel like a person that's worth listening to um, okay the next tool is called dissection of the guilt so if you are one of those people who draws a boundary and then immediately feels guilty about it I want you to lean into that moment so basically study it and get up close and personal with it. Like meaning write about it, journal about it, write about what that narrative says, what themes it brings up. How, how does, how does it make you feel? Like what are the adjectives? How does, what type of person does this make you feel like? Um, Cause I would say a lot of the time, these issues are tied to things from a long time ago. And I just want you to get to know, like, your own sense of guilt, who, what, why when did those beliefs originate like what are the little strings attached to this dynamic in your life just be curious, put it that way alright, the next tool is called set the right goal <laughs> a fancy title for you um, so because we're quarantined right now I mean I don't know if when you're listening to this that's still the case, but if it is, right now you can make this time about focusing on getting to know yourself and solving that self versus about this other person. So it's really about like turning the focus and the you know, if there's a lamp pointed at that person, just turning it towards yourself. Even if your heart is not in it. Um but we can we can deliberately set a different goal just by saying it's our goal, it's a step in the right direction. So for you, if you're listening to this episode, if we were to be working together, I would say your truest goal needs to be healing and moving through this time as quickly and efficiently as possible and healing yourself, not getting that other person, not getting them to reconsider. So if that is not your goal, I want to know why. Because I would say, you know, If you are obsessed with this other person, you actually have a better chance of this working out with them, if that is really your goal, if you were to focus on you right now and keep your dignity intact and minimize the scarring and emotional baggage resulting from the breakup. like That is the healthiest thing for all scenarios. But this is really about knowing you are moving through a natural process and not allowing it to overtake you So just really reducing drag, keeping your soul and your dignity intact. So let's just, like, make that official. And I invite you to just write it down somewhere. Um, My goal is to heal and get to know myself and recover. Whatever it is, just some statement that says, like, I want to grow. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to be sick with this obsession anymore. That's that's, the tool. All right. Next tool, a new obsession sticker pack. <laughs> so this is, I'm handing you a little pack of stickers, and these are just to stick on top of um, those moments of craving and obsession. This is kind of a weird tool, and it's probably slightly irresponsible, but, <laughs> but it can help a little bit. Um, because this is a chemical process, like obsession is, you know, the, the ritual around procuring your drug, it releases all sorts of really intense chemicals in your brain, so if you fu- can think of a different thing that gives you a similar kind of gush it can help alleviate just take the tiny bit, tiniest bit of the edge off, you know, if you're quarantined and losing your shit so things that are included in that chemical gush, it's. I'm thinking like reward center and or you know, endorphins um, exercise is a healthy one, uh, shopping, <laughs> and I don't mean, like, hitting the checkout button, but that's another one that, like, releases kind of, like, pleasure center stuff, again, I'm, <laughs> this is slightly irresponsible, but, like, if you can replace a process, um, every time, if you're really, really suffering, like, my first suggestion would be, to, like, run around the block, or jump, doing jumping jacks in place, um, a square of dark chocolate can help, um, I mean, I think you have to tailor this one to yourself and also not become addicted to something else. <laughs> but I think it can really help just to, like, help yourself. It's, I feel like so much of um, untraining a habit is really giving empowering yourself with a tool set and treating your body like, you know, I have some control here. I can also step in in these natural processes and help myself. So, again, use that one safely. (laughs) Grain of salt, grain of salt. Um, okay, next tool, Zen Park exercise loop. So I want you to picture that there is a, you know those, like, kind of exercise machine loops they have at public parks sometimes? You're in one of those, only it's a Zen Park exercise loop, um, and this is an imaginary one that you're going to create for yourself in your day-long um, calendar. And what I mean by that is is, I want you to create a really strong um, organized routine for each day. Something that you do eat, I mean, religiously. Because in times like this, it's really, really helpful just to have to be stuck to a schedule. It can be intensely soothing just to be able to go, like, all right, this hour I'm doing this, then this hour I'm doing this, and then this hour I'm doing this, and this hour I'm doing-, I'm doing it exactly the same way every day. And I think on this Zen Park exercise loop, you should throw in things that work for you, but I would include a time of journaling, a time of exercise, a time of some sort of meditation practice, a time of socializing, meaning have an individual each day that you're going to reach out to Um, a time of pampering you know like physical grooming I mean there's lots of fun that you can have here and just like really investing in time spent with yourself and um, as far as your social hour goes I would say make sure it's not the same exact person diversify the list And I would actually put these just to start, put these on your calendar, like little, you know, increments, just because structure is one of the healthiest ways to make it through a really painful time. It's just like go on autopilot. All right, next tool, compassion awareness check-in. So this is uh, just a way for you to reflect on whether or not you're being compassionate toward yourself and just... Right now, you really need you on your team. You really need you to be behind you, including in your inner narrative. So I want you to just do a a little reflection exercise with me. I want you to think of somebody in your life, any time in your life, who gave you lots and lots of compassion and who saw the best in you. And not this ex, if you are suffering from breakup. I, I think somebody like a grandparent is good. Or, you know, a teacher at some point in time. And whoever it is, just bring them to mind. And picture what that compassion uh, felt like in your body. Like, what did, how did that make you feel? What kind of person did that make you feel like? You know, what qualities did that bring out in you? And now I want you to... Oh, I'll just let you sit in that for a second. This compassion state. And now I want you to think about a time in your life when you were really, really hard on yourself. Really critical of yourself. Um, you felt like you had failed. And now think about how that felt to you. How that felt in your body. Okay. And now I want you to think about... You today, present day. What, Which version do you lean toward? Like which feeling um, of self do you embody more often? Just take a mental note. And what I want you to do is just be more conscious of that in your own body as it occurs for you in the coming weeks. And really deliberately push yourself to embody the compassion of this person you brought to mind like refer to yourself like that person referred to you give yourself that same treatment see the same version of you that that person saw because that's what you need to do consistently and right now it'll be just kind of a manual setting but eventually it will become default cool all right the next tool pinata moment so we just hit a giant pinata in your life and now is a time for you to take stock of you know all the goods that came out like you get to collect all of the candy and that's a gift you know so right now it's like you're picking up all of these new pieces because everything is kind of exploded um and now's the time to like figure out like what have you learned about yourself from this past relationship like what do you now know are priorities for you? What do you now know are misalignments for you? What do you know that you want in your next relationship moving forward that you didn't get from this relationship? Um, So this is just like, I guess if if it was a journal prompt, it'd be like a list of new insights as well as um, things you want moving forward. Alright, next tool, optimism as a channel changer. So right now, um, I would say, like, (laughs) no pressure to love this tool, but this is literally my favorite tool I use in the entire world. I use it, like, every single day, and it works amazingly. Um, So I want you to try this. Just try it for a day at at the very least so this is about trying on a new perspective deliberately and just practicing it's almost like you're putting on you change the channel it's exactly the same show it's still your life but you've just hit a little button and now it's a different version of that life so it's a a manual shifting of perspective towards one that is more open and positive positive. The reason being, when you are like consuming a negative thought loop, you kind of get stuck in that groove of thinking and you're not able to access your own creativity. Like we get so in the negativity that it's hard to be imaginative. So my favorite tool in the entire world is in those moments that you can notice that the thread of negativity is taking over, get into a quiet headspace, kind of like... the the split second of stillness and in that second of stillness offer yourself an opposite and positive version of reality to what your thought spiral is saying. So for example you might say in your mind maybe everything is actually awesome maybe I'm going to feel happy and free and uplifted and this day is going to be great. Or you know, that's just like random but like maybe I'm actually growing happier and more self loving so whatever it is it's something that is super positive and that's it that's the tool just allowing yourself to entertain an opposite positive reality that's it keep trying it I, I strongly recommend you keep trying that one alright next tool what do I want out of these thoughts so when we are victims of our own minds it's really helpful to sort through our thoughts and basically decide which ones are helping us and which ones we really need to ignore. So this is kind of like noticing which ones are gnats, you know, and which ones are actually, like, um, constructive and directive in some way, you know. Um, Because when you have a thought that you would like, that you know is a gnat, you know, like it's just buzzing in your face and it's completely like an almost like a, just an impulse. It's when we know it's a moot thought we can more easily um, just let it pass. We don't have to engage with it or do anything about it. It's kind of like, oh, I can just stick that label on it. So it's kind of like a sorting mechanism. So when you see which thoughts are not, your job is to ignore them and and or just move your body so that they're not in your face. And I mean literally move, like as in yoga, or somehow change your the channel on your physiology, like to get a head change. So, like jumping in a cold shower is a good one, for example. Um, but the way you sort thoughts is like just ask yourself like Is this thought helpful to me? Is this thought constructive in any way? Is this thought um, contributing to anything in my life in any way? That's it. If not, it's a net. Just allow it to pass. Change the channel. Alright, and the next tool is called Self Love Reps. So I'm kind of compressing all of the self bonding practices into one tool. Um, I hope you do all of these. I <laughs> mean, they're really, really helpful. Um, so if you journal, I think you should journal. I want you to write 10 things that I love about myself once a week, if at all possible, um, every single day do your gratitudes, That's three things you're grateful for. And then what I call I am statements, it's like I am and then five adjectives that are positive, obviously. Um, I also recommend just by I think it's important to write things on a piece of paper. Because it's, for some reason, more true, like it becomes more actualized in your own mind. When it's, written by you like physically in handwriting and in black and white it gives you the visual feedback makes things more integrated and more reflective it's like a very um thoughtful process just writing in general and in addition to journaling your self-love reps are to be uber nice to yourself throughout your day like as if you were the, the other compassionate person who is you know sees the best in you and if that doesn't translate very well then just treat yourself like you are the handler for a very delicate and famous person who has very high standards just treat yourself that well so it's like everything has to be nice and clean well prepared um if you're cold get yourself a sweater or a blanket very very comfy socks make sure everything's beautiful little gestures of you know kindness here and there smiles when you see a reflection in the mirror I'm not joking um so just think of this as like a time of me you know this is a perfect window of opportunity to fall in love with yourself as a single person and be happy as that person alone so just make that a goal And go through the motions and know that it does affect you whether or not in the moment it feels authentic. So I hope those are helpful. Um, I'm sure, you know, if, if it doesn't feel natural to you, it can feel silly, but it still affects you. So before I close, I want to thank my latest sponsors. Marina, a new monthly sponsor thank you so much and Denise, very kind donation from you thank you so much and Varen, huge donation from you thank you so so much and Mayhem or Maham, very kind donation from you thank you so very much Uh, and in closing you have a great opportunity here so use it I know it sucks I know you wish it would end and the suffering is intense, and it's, it's, it can feel intolerable. But by taking steps toward a healthy and positive outcome, you become active in the suffering. And that is how you minimize how much it takes out of you, just how much it scars. And I would say just know that relationships are a whole different thing when you are shopping based on your truth, when you're shopping based on attraction, on how that person makes you feel and who that person is and whether or not they inspire you or if you think they're a great catch and it's worth it just for that in itself, you know, it's worth it for you on you, but it's also worth it for that, the quality of your relationships moving forward. Um, And another plus is just like when you're in pain, so much dramatic growth is possible because everything already sucks, you know, it's everything's already painful. So it's like, use this time. It's like, you know, you've crushed a leg and now you got to set it like just you're already screaming like set it straight, you know? Um and know that it it will look something like this. You will feel like it's not working. You f- you'll be going through the motions, then you'll start to feel a bit of relief as like the routine sets in. It'll feel like a little bit less forced. Then you'll start to build a little bit more momentum. When one or two things click or feel like, oh, I got a little insight out of that. And then at some random point in a few weeks, you will experience a moment of epiphany and even perhaps bliss. And it is then that you will realize you have already changed and like things are not going to be the same way ever again. And once you get that little window of like, oh, fuck, like the light bulb turns on, it's like... It's you become free because you have new knowledge. You're like, oh, oh wow, I already am different now. So the key is going through the self-loving, healthy actions, like your life depends on it, even when it gets boring, and even when you plateau. So just set the right goal and want it bad enough and don't stop until you get it. And remember the real you is the wise voice the one who is not driven by fear or loneliness or desperation the real you is the one who knows and then acts and acts from simple truth so i very much hope this helps you and feel free to reach out if you have any questions um via yay with me and i send you my love and don't forget to smile